everybody, welcome to the 5 for 5 podcast. My name is Panchito, and as always, I am joined by Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? Happy to be here, Panchito. Awesome. So today we are here for another episode of the show that talks about five articles over a period of five episodes. And we play for points, right, Mike? We're playing for points. Yes. That's right. Pointless points. But the journey through history is priceless. And that's why we do it. So today is Mike's turn to share this story. You want to get into it right after this, Mike? Let's do it. Sounds good. Okay, everybody, we're ready to get into it. It is Mike's turn to read an article for Lucky episode number 13, bringing us into the early half of the 90s, right? Early half of the 90s, Lucky 13. I'm ready to go if you are. Let's do it. So this actually takes place in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. The The newspaper is the Appleton Post-Crescent. The year is 1994. 1994. All right. That's right. So we're going to jump right into this. Soon grass will start growing again in yards across Wisconsin, and it will grow taller in Jeff Goldstein's than almost anywhere else unless the city of Madison can stop him. City officials argue Madison is a law and order community with an ordinance against letting the grass grow more than eight inches tall. Goldstein contends he has a deeply held religious conviction that mowing the lawn violates the laws of nature and the Constitution protects that belief. Goldstein says the book The Secret Life of Plants was the beginning of his belief that plants are higher life forms than most people realize. A city building inspector issued Goldstein two tickets last summer for violating the lawn ordinance. In a trial before municipal judge Shelley Gaylord, Goldstein testified that his beliefs run so deep that he became violently ill when he tried to cut his lawn to satisfy the city. But Gaylord ruled late last month that Goldstein had not proved he was a follower of a genuine religion, although his property is deeded to an organization he leads called the People's Church. She gave him the choice of complying with the ordinance or facing a fine for last summer's violations. Gaylord wrote that Goldstein's beliefs with regard to plant life refer to a book, not a religion. He stated his beliefs without reference to any particular spirituality, although there was vague references to it. That is my article. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we have a guy putting up a fight because he ardently believes that mowing his lawn is going to be a violation of his religious freedoms, his rights, and thus the Constitution. It's essentially my my takeaway from this. Right, and he feels that his grass is somehow a part of a higher order of life forms. Absolutely. He's essentially harming them. Talk about a grassroots movement. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because, yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's putting up a fight with the city. He... Okay, the obvious thing is he doesn't want to mow his lawn. How many of us have not wanted to mow the lawn, right? Yeah, I mean, regardless of the method you're using, it's not the most wonderful task to take on, right? Right. You know, we, we love having the lawn when it's mowed, but when we have to tend to it, it sucks. I get it. But this guy took it to a whole new level. Yeah, he wants to defend his lawn, right? He wants to defend the negligence, if you will. Yeah, I've, I almost feel like he's using the religion kind of as an excuse to not do it. But correct. I'm not really sure if religion's his angle necessarily or just his point of entry for fighting some kind of a fight, right? He's trying to say maybe it's my right not to cut my lawn because it's my property. And he's trying to sell this religion thing pretty hard. I'm with you. So you, 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 I think you really hit it on the nose, in my opinion. This is just me. You said 
that it's a point of entry for him. Right. And I really do think that's it. Yeah, that's his access card, like to opening the, the door to his fight. Right. right. He's inserting the dog. That's his dog yes. into the fight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What, you know, makes you think about other things that people have used. Maybe they've used the Constitution or they've used religion as a means of trying to uh, get other things that they've wanted done that may serve their own personal wants or needs. Yeah, it's like he's designing it not just to be his defense, but also what he's attacking with, right? Right. So like he's able to not just justify his decision, but also plant his feet firmly, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Make it look like he's maybe even a victim in this. Victimhood, I feel like, is a given in this scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, how dare you come after and, and violate my, my religious freedoms? Or he's just using that as a second layer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get you. That's his selling point, right? He figures, oh, the religion is my fight, but the victimhood is, that's what my I'm va- advertising with. And in the end, I'm right. Yeah, either way, I look good and uh, I get to not have to mow my lawn regularly. He wins no matter what, it almost seems like. Yeah. That sucks. So in Wisconsin, I mean, the grass is probably going pretty crazy. Growing super tall and... All the while, everybody's watching their property values. And everybody around him has these wonderful lawns. Beautiful because they live in a city with an ordinance. Right. Hedges and the whole thing. Right. This is a city ordinance or it's an ordinance for his subdivision or what? They're claiming that the city of Madison itself is a holder of the ordinance. Oh, so he's sticking out like a hardcore, sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and that's actually kind of what adds to the ridiculousness of it. You know, like you were painting a pretty clear picture in the sense where like everybody's got a pristine lawn except Mr. Goldstein. Yeah, and that's what I was going at. Yeah. You know, I understand that it's it's very highly likely that he's using the religion as sort of his in for the beginning of his excuse. Right. But also he's got to have some kind of uh, issue with authority too, right? Because, I mean, you know, he's going against the grain pretty hard with this right agreed I, I definitely think there's there's a lot of truth in the fact that he probably does have some kind of resistance to authority there's layers to the thing I agree yeah this story is very much about this guy and his personal issues there's onion layers to it like we pointed out yeah but it's his issue right uh, his problem with the authority and his solution to dealing with that problem with the authority I mean he's he's not really considering anybody else in this thing not in the least bit. And he's making it very evident by taking this to court. Right. And he's citing a book, which I think is him reaching for some kind of an external source. But it's about him. It sounds like he was taking somebody's opinions and views on plants and using that as his gospel. Yeah. Maybe he uh, he needed a way to just be overtly about what he wanted to get done for himself. Like it's selfishness, but like on a really tactical level. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's litigious selfishness right yeah he's taking it to that level I'm, I'm assuming there's like maybe even a lawyer or something involved unless he's defending himself i don't know uh, you know this guy strikes me as the kind of guy though that would defend himself in court yeah he's just by nature litigious or just doesn't care or if it's the profile of someone who's litigious right yeah people that just feel that everything is either something they need to defend for themselves yeah or indefensible because someone else is somehow imposing something on them exactly like i have no choice therefore i must act yeah i must fight so i will fight talk about a survival move man yeah definitely it's a backed into the corner type of thing right yeah i mean maybe this goes a little bit to 90s angst right yeah so then uh this guy in wisconsin what pretty angsty or just lazy how about both (laughs) okay how does that work well look man you can be angsty about anything right you know maybe he's angsty about the fact that everybody's a bunch of conformists 
and they all, you know, kowtow to the man. Oh, I see you, what you you're saying. What so saying. he does have some kind of a invested fight. I'm running with that. Sure. I, I really, I just, that's, that's what I take away from this. Yeah. But the laziness is kind of spotlighted, right? He really is trying to almost uh, make it official. Like this can be the, the way to live if you follow my path. I do get, though, what you're saying, though, that he is he does have something to be angsty or is providing something that he's angsty about because he came up with that excuse about not being able to cut the grass. Exactly, because it made him sick to his stomach. Maybe the the physical labor of trying to cut the grass got to him or something. He, maybe he just got winded. Imagine being Judge Gaylord and having to hear this. This is like when the football coach makes you run a lot and you need to throw up at the end. <laughs> and that's yeah. probably what his stomach ache was, right? I guess so. Oh, man it was just too much work yeah i do feel sorry for the judge i mean having to deal with something like this and kind of spot some of those uh those points of angst and realize that it's just really it's excuse building on excuse building it's elaborate excuse building right yeah i feel bad for his neighbors because they have to uh, foot the tax bill that pays for all of that to make that uh, an issue in court how long had he not cut it for um you know it actually didn't specify but I can tell you this much because I actually read a follow-up article. Oh, there was a follow-up. This from has got to be one of the first times that's a happened. A five for five first. A follow-up article from the original article. Nice. Yeah, okay. and guess what? It's from an entirely different publication. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still in Wisconsin? Um, so this one is actually in, in Wisconsin, yes. So this is what this article has to say. Okay. Jeff Goldstein went back to municipal court this week in Madison, Wisconsin, to argue that cutting his lawn would violate his religious beliefs. Goldstein's yard is, in his own words, like a forest. The growth, he said, represents a higher form of life that he may not tamper with. Goldstein, 59, who calls himself a semi-active pagan Jewish minister, said of his lawn, I'll pray to it. Cutting his grass, he added, would be a holocaust against the green creatures. So basically the article, just to tail it off because it just continues to kind of go on about this guy. Uh It says that he refuses to pay the tickets. And then then there was a third article, but he dies. Okay. So before that happens, though, he did take the religious thing deeper. Way deeper. He took it to a whole nother level. He went hard, dude. He went hard in the paint. Well, he went hard with the, you know, with letting the lawn grow, too, because it got over the eight inches. That's a long lawn. I mean, that's like wild grass at that point. I mean, you know, you're getting people's attention when you have different newspapers talking about you. So he dies by the time a third article comes out. Yeah. How does the story progress? Well, I can read you his obituary. But oh my goodness! <laughs> that's okay. about that's about as uh, as about as far as it went because everything else just keeps pointing at how ridiculous this guy is. But all I can find is this: he winds up dying, not paying a single cent for any of this, and it sounds like he continued fighting this case until his dying day. Wow! Yeah. Okay. That's heavy, right? That is super heavy. Going yeah. down with a fight. There's no more finality to a story than reading the obituary of the main character, right? Uh, 100%. That's kind of why I wanted to bring this. But this is chapter two in this <laughs> other story. I got right? you a chapter two, man. And he goes harder with the religious angle. Yeah. Continues the fighting, refuses to pay anything. He even uh, attributes a title to himself, like actually what type of religion he is. What is he? He's a... Hold on. Uh, going through the article, he's a semi-active pagan Jewish minister. Wow. Wow. Semi-active pagan, pagan Jewish, Jewish minister. minister. Mazel tov? Like, what do, you, what do you say at that point? I don't know. 
Well, just like the obit ended uh, that story, we're going to have to end the first half. He might have taken a dirt nap, but don't you take a nap on us, folks. So let's plant a seed for the second half. Love it. We'll be right back. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 Podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, we're back for the second half, everybody. And Mike brought in a doozy of a story from 1994. That's right, folks. It's your right to hear a good episode from Five or Five Podcast. I'm not going to lie. This story about the lawn is growing on me. <laughs> I love it. I love these lavers. It's a dad joke. You're welcome. Total dad joke. But I do know that I would like to talk a little bit about some of the modern context with this story. Now, we don't, I think, uh, have any continuations of the story from the 2000s right about people not cutting their lawn or anything no i just want to make sure you keep surprising me with continuations but we do have a continuation of this thing that we talked about from the first half right right this uh sort of overt display of me my mind my thoughts my beliefs uh we've seen a lot but some things are still a little bit fringe, right? Sure. So how far down this path do you think that we've gone? Because we talk about a guy in the 90s with his lawn and we share this kooky story, but there's some grains of this now, right? I'd say there's boulders, not just grains. Right. I think Overgrown lawns of it. Big time. Forests, if you will. Okay, sure. Living forests. Living higher, forests. higher beings at this point. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that. What's your angle on that? There's a lot of folks who have to be acknowledged in some way, shape, or form in right. today's society. They, You have to acknowledge me in some way. I am an individual, and darn it, you're going to know about it. Right. Well, I think some of that stems from us constantly posting our status, right? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I do. I think that's that's part of it. I think that's a, uh, uh, a symptom. I know that we take a lot of things back to social media, but I don't think there's a problem with going there with this one. I mean, seriously, status is a thing. A- everything that we do needs to be seen by others now. We want to commoditize ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We want we want to evaluate ourselves. We want to add a value proposition based on what we are. Likes and views have turned into currency. Yeah, because you can, even if you're not an influencer, like a social media influencer, you're seen as having influence with your... Uh, your like count and your mix percentage between follows and followers, right? Right, right, exactly. That 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 blended mix creates your online presence and your overall marketability. And so you think that this long guy was pushing for marketability with by adding a value to his uh, his decision? No, I just think he was being a dick. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> no, I just I just think that he wasn't being cool about things. I just don't think he was being kosher, man. <laughs> sure, sure. The semi-active pagan rabbi or whatever he was, right? Right. Yeah. Pastor, minister, rabbi. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I I don't I definitely don't think he was trying to go for anything marketable or commoditizable, if you will. But there's not a leap because he maybe did that unconsciously. Mm. He was trying to add value to himself to add value to his belief. I agree with that 100 percent. Yeah, I think that's whether or not that was the intention. I think that's the way he was driving it. It's kind of one of those. Uh, what is it? The um, unintentional consequences. Right. I mean, now we're I think we're able to spot it because it's a commonality for us. That's a, that's really true. I buy that i buy that wholesale like our perspective gives us an insight on salesmanship whereas someone who read this story in 1994 wouldn't have probably taken the angle of salesmanship <laughs> yeah you're, unless you're they're a salesperson right. to begin with well that's true you're right we we have the current uh we have the current context of history our experience plus what we see on a daily basis right our inclination to uh to apply that value right it's insane to think about whereas like whereas maybe back then it really was fighting for what he believed in but today like it's just all about the commoditizing i feel like well now i think somebody from that perspective would say well he did it right yeah i would definitely say he garnered as much attention and views as possible right he's getting social media clout based on you know a bunch of things he's hashtagging the book i mean think about it man he got more than one publication talking about him he did that's cloudy even within the state but that's two two newspapers talking about him it's savage clout but it's clout yeah yeah Yeah. and it wasn't evaluated the same way that it is now no no today people would be looking at him and be like can i put him on tv right he would make some of those little films you see on facebook right uh he would have been on a vine video potentially a man in wisconsin and then you see the little white you know uh close captions underneath describing the whole story right in case you have to listen to it with the sound off at work that's true yeah i could totally see this being a, a situation on any mainstream news website and having it be viral potentially right and then the people watching it on facebook are like what my mind's going everywhere now i'm thinking about what if this happened today yeah that's why i wanted to point that out because i i think it was interesting that there was an analog but that analog becomes more fascinating if you drag that story into our modern context right right man refuses to mow lawn for however long growing a forest right one minute video on facebook right and it's on twitter also right he starts trending there's a hashtag a popular youtuber goes walking through his forest somebody sets up uh, a GoFundMe <laughs> to mow his lawn. Right. Yeah. Since he can't do it, he can't physically bring himself to do it. That's so dope. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or they do. They raise the money to like relocate the lawn or something. But then what happens if the money gets raised and then all the eco crazies are like, no, he's got a point. And then there's like this crazy drama in front of his house. Well, see, that's the thing is his religion fake or not runs the risk of becoming a real religion Big time. in a modern context, right? Tax exempt status. Because if he gets followers and everything, then he can establish like a chain of belief and a bunch of things like that that they need. If Harambe can get a church, so can he. Yeah, he'd have a crowdsourced parish, right? Yeah, internet crowdsourced parish. Yeah, and then the judge wouldn't have the ruling that she was able to have because she said that his whole thing was based on a book. This is us being ahead of their legal system. Well, we're reading into it that way, sure. Sure, yeah, I yeah. know. I'm just, I'm just being <laughs> ridiculous. But. You're giving us a lot of credit, but yeah. I, of course I, I am. Yeah. This is yeah. a five for five podcast. Yeah, that's true. We have done some pretty amazing stuff. 13 episodes, duh. Yeah, well, exactly. Once you hit lucky number 13, I mean, there's just nothing but bigger things coming. Right. Like you could go viral like this guy potentially could have. Maybe we could start a grass fearing church. I don't know. 
who knows what's in the future for five for five podcasts, but something crazy could happen and we might go viral with it. Just know folks, 10% of your income will also be a tithe. Hashtag pay up. Hashtag pass the basket. Yeah, I definitely uh, think that this guy in some way, shape or form would be some kind of a uh, D-list celebrity. That's what he would get sort of uh, pocketed into, right? I agree. Because there's also that. I mean, we do still have filters. Yeah. Yes, it's easier to get the word out there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's buying the message. True. I mean, we have filters. They're certainly different, but you're right. We still have them. He might get a couple thousand likes, but uh, they're not necessarily a full buy-in to something just because we notice it. What do you think a guy like that would fit in? Oh, you mean does he already have a category that he would fall into? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at. I'm not positive. I mean, he might be leaning toward environmentalism. Me too. But it's pretty extreme environmentalism to turn it religious. I mean, yeah, the guy's worshiping plants. They'd probably subcategorize him as an extremist or something. Couldn't he say he's like a druid or something? He could say that his... Uh, beliefs are ancient now he can pay for the access to see the sources the research sources that are in the back of the book right and he can start justifying his religion on a much deeper level see folks take panchito's advice and even you might be able to push your religion or make one up i don't know that's up to you yeah i'm working on one myself the church oh mike yeah the church of keeping it real but church or not it ends up being something that he could sell. It's commoditizable globally, I'd say. He needs a good logo. This is Livestrong Band kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And, you know, hashtag let it grow is going to be really sellable. Yeah, man. He would definitely have all sorts of merch. Memes like crazy. Festivals. Oh, yeah, the festival. Religious yeah. festivals. Maybe he can have his festival on an island in the Bahamas. Yeah, or, or somewhere in, in Fiji. Yeah. Somewhere remote, real far away. Right, yeah, where they let the grass grow. Tall. Well, at least over eight inches. Yeah, it's got to it's gotta be reasonably high. Well, speaking of festivals, I think you and I have something to celebrate, which is the point that you're going to get for this story. Man, I, I hope I got something worth it. Yeah, definitely. What do you think? Should we get into it right after this? Yep, I'm excited. All right. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 Podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. At Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, everybody, we are back for the closing part of the show, which involves points. The points are pointless, right, Mike? But the journey through history is priceless. Because we always learn something, and today the lesson was that we can sell anything nowadays. Including your right not to mow the lawn. There you go. And so we'll get into the prize next. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Today, Mike, you have earned yourself a 50-gallon drum of miracle Grow. Oh, man. Sweet. Now, this is so you can go and grow some grass, maybe, and I don't know, start a religion, maybe just open up a website and uh, just sell the heck out of it. Because Panchito knows that I love doing yard work. Hashtag let it grow. All right, folks. 
I hope you enjoyed this one. Yeah, this was lucky number 13, and I'm not going to lie. It was a good story, Mike. I liked it. Thanks, man. I really do appreciate it. Figured I'd bring something new with that follow-up, and figured I'd give it a shot. All right. Well, we hope you all join us for the next episode. And until then, make sure to subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Panchito. Peace out.